It's the Ag Ship Podcast. I'm Patrick Mayhorn. I'm the creator of the Ag Ship, which is a fully credentialed Utah State uh, athletics outlet uh, covering football, men's basketball, women's basketball, uh, www.theagship.com, <clears throat> $6 a month, $10 a month, uh, different subscription tiers if you support the Ag Ship financially thank you very much for your support uh, if not i'd love to have you try it out for one free month with the one free month button that is attached in this here podcast post uh, we've got a game to recap we've got an actual uh, real true football game it's uh it's it's hard to believe it's been so long since we have had an actual football game to talk about the off seasons i i i even i have a i had a shortened version uh, did not arrive in Logan until late May, and still the off season was long. I was ready to start talking about some football, and we've got some football to talk about here. Utah State thirty-one, uh, UConn twenty. I'm gonna just sort of go off the cuff here. I don't have a an outline for this. I don't really have a ton of like specific talking points I want to hit. Uh, I just kind of want to go off the dome, talk about what I saw, talk about what I think uh, of what I saw, what I think is is uh, important to consider moving forward, uh, what I think is instructive about this game, what I think is not really all that important, uh, and I wanted to just uh, kind of talk through my thoughts. I've, I've written extensively about this game. There's a cover story on the Ag Ship. There's a game notebook on the Ag Ship. Uh, that you can read right now if you are a, a, a six-hour tier subscriber. There will be a film review going up uh, as you hear this on Monday, today, or tomorrow, uh, depending on <laughs> There's a whole lot of other stuff that I'm doing as well. So we'll see. Uh, hopefully, film review is going up today. If it's, if it's not up today, Monday, uh, I have, uh, I, I have uh, fallen under a pile of uh, things to do and, and fallen behind. But hopefully it'll be up today. Uh, and, and so I, I just want to uh, I just want to sort of talk through what I, what I saw, what I think about the game and, and uh, about Utah State football right now after after one week with Alabama on the docket. Um, I've got myself a uh, little bit of rum and cranberry juice here that I'm going to be sipping periodically, and I, I want to just be, uh, I want to have, uh, be a little bit loose with this one, just sort of talk through it. This is uh, this is post-Utah State football therapy here. We're just going to talk through our thoughts, and the the first thing that comes to mind for me from this game, from covering this game, from seeing people talking about this game, from seeing all sorts of stuff, from transcribing this game afterwards uh, with the, the post-game quotes, uh, the first thing that comes to mind is relax. Relax. Everybody, relax. Settle down. It's okay. Yeah, it, it, this, is clo- this was a closer game than was expected. 31 to 20 is not what was expected. It's not what I expected. I think I said 45 17. Uh, the the spread was 26 points. It was extensive. It was it was a large spread. Utah State did not cover that. It was not close to covering that. 
Um, this was a one-score game in the fourth quarter. It was. I know it was. It was. It was twenty-four twenty with ten minutes to play, and and it was a you know pass interference call on that drive that followed away from UConn having the football with a chance to take the lead in the fourth quarter. It was. And that is not what was expected. You know, UConn goes up 14 nothing in the first quarter. Uh, Utah State certainly fights back. And then in the second half, it's kind of just there. I, I think lethargic is, is a, a fair way to describe a decent chunk of this performance. But I think that there are some some worries that people have about this game that are maybe not entirely fair to this team. Um, I, I, I have seen I, I have seen some extrapolating that I don't know is uh, at this point appropriate. I don't know that we've seen enough to be extrapolating significantly from this game. I think that this is very much a week zero situation. I don't know that you that Utah State has played a week zero game before. Off the top of my head, I don't think it has, but I, I could be I could be wrong on that. Regardless, week zero is a very very unique beast. It is different than week one. It is entirely different than week one. This is you can ask any coach involved in these games, and they would tell you this. It is different. It is difficult to prepare for these games fully. And I think that the the thing that I have seen in week zeros of the past, and I think of week zeros this year, week zero games this year, is that a lot of the stuff that you see in week zero is not stuff you're going to see even in week one. It is, this is probably too early to play a football game that counts, I, I think. it's And obviously these guys still get a full fall camp, all that stuff. But there's just something about playing that extra week early that I think creates some uneven results. I, I think it creates some results that later on in the season you look back on and you think, well, that doesn't make any sense. You know, that that's uh, Northwestern 31, Nebraska 28. That doesn't make any sense. Things like that. And I think that that might be a little bit of what we saw here, that, that UConn was able to keep this game so close that Utah State was not really dominant in any meaningful way. Uh, outside of the second quarter, I, I think we're seeing a little bit of, of week zero weirdness here, and I, and so that that's the first thing that I that I pulled from this is there is stuff here that we can take from. There's film here; it's much better than the scrimmages for for pulling thoughts on this team. It is, but this was a very very vanilla approach from Utah State, understandably so. This was a Utah State team without one of its starting defensive tackles, uh, which I, I I've not really seen talked about a whole lot. Did not have one of its starting defensive tackles. Was was uh, forced to turn to Philip Baya, who I don't believe was going to be a starting defensive tackle for this for this team, uh, if not for an injury ahead of him. It there's a lot of stuff here that I think we can pay attention to. That I think we can pull from. And then there's a lot of stuff that I think is is just noise that I think is just just week zero stuff. So what can we pull from this? I, I think I think the first thing that comes to mind, the first thing that is that that, that I think makes sense to me narratively, and then I think bears out in the film, is that 
Utah State probably isn't going to blow a ton of teams out this year, even when it is better. It was better in this game. Utah State was better than UConn. I think objectively it was. If not for you know, turning the ball over in UConn territory on several occasions, be it an actual, you know, with a fumble or with a turnover on downs on a a fourth and short pass that was open. <laughs> and I think of good call and just pass wasn't where it was, where it was supposed to be. Um, if not for those, then this is not as close a game as, as the final score here is. Um, you could say the same in the other direction. You could say, well, if UConn doesn't fumble, off of that turnover on downs, then we could be talking about a very different game. Or if that pla- if that uh, pass interference isn't called, we're talking about a very different game. And that's true. But I, I don't think that Utah State is really the kind of team that is built to blow opponents out. I don't think it is. I think that this is a program under Blake Anderson, and we saw this last year all the time. This was the defining trait of last season. I think this is a program that is really, really good at keeping opponents at an arm's length. And it's really not interested in pushing too much beyond that, but it's going to get a lead and it will hold it. it, it I, I think that this is uh, it's it's an uphill battle kind of team. It's the kind of team that, yeah, might start slow, and, and you'd prefer they don't do that. <laughs> it would be better for everybody on the Utah State sideline if they didn't go down 14 nothing to start a game. But... I think that there is going to be a little bit of a slow starting thing with this team. I think the offense requires getting into a rhythm a little bit, and I don't know that it's something they could generate. I don't know that you can really create a rhythm with this team. I think that they are a momentum team. They are a momentum offense especially. I mean, I mean, you look at that second quarter. It, it, was, it was night and day, and it was because of the, the momentum that they had generated. The crowd was into it. They were having these big physical runs, Calvin Tyler and Robert Briggs. Uh, passing game was starting to click a little bit more, and as soon as you start to get a couple with this offense, it can snowball really quickly, and just like that, you've got 24 points in the second quarter. And it's it's you know spectacular. It looks like they're unbeatable. Their defense is swarming. This is a momentum team that is going to have huge quarters like that, that is going to have these huge swings of momentum where they just – get back into the game and they throw these these sweeping punches that are just uh, brutal, brutal, brutal. You know, as soon as that quarter happened, UConn was not winning the game. That That is, uh, you can't give up 24 points in one quarter and, and without answering any of them and win the game. You're not going to. That was it. That was, that was Utah State putting the game to bed. And then in the second half, they looked a lot like a team that had put the game to bed, and they, they sort of were groggy and and kind of uninterested and the defense did its job in in you know large part and then UConn breaks through gets a couple field goals I I don't know that those are really on the defense necessarily I thought the defense was pretty good after the first quarter honestly there were still a couple of big runs I'm going to talk about that in a little bit but uh, in general, I thought the defense, I mean, you give up six points in the last three quarters, that's pretty good. <laughs> you could you could do better, but I don't think that it was, uh, I don't think it was bad by any means from the defense after the first quarter or so. Um, but they, they fell asleep a little bit in the second half, just like they came out a little bit sleepy in the first quarter. I, I think that this is probably a team that will be comfortable to sit on a 10-point lead for as long as you let it. Uh, UConn let it for the entire third quarter, and then 
in the fourth quarter, cut it to seven and then to four. And once it gets to four, Utah State clicks back on and that, that drive uh, to basically end the game with the 11-yard touchdown pass to Brian Cobbs was brilliant. Uh, you know, 14, uh, 14 plays, 13 plays, 75 yards, four minutes. That's brilliant. It's fantastic. It's uh, it's exactly how you draw it up. It, it's really, really good. And they could just do that. They could just turn that on, and that's impressive. You know, and that, that drive saw a uh, an unnecessary roughness penalty on Utah State, and they, they didn't really let it affect their drive. They just got right back into it. You know, it saw these nice runs from Robert Briggs, nice run from Calvin Tyler. It saw several receivers getting involved, Brian Cobb being the main one. But it looked right. It looked like what people were expecting, and I think that might be this program's M.O. is, uh, you know, it's that kind of calmness. It's not getting too high, not really getting too low. You're going to have momentum swings. You're going to have these moments where you do look untouchable, but you're you're not going to keep up that kind of, uh, you know, it's not a team that's going to look to knock you out, I don't think. Maybe they develop into that week zero again. Week zero. But I, I think that this is more of a, as I said in the cover story, this is a decision fighter. They, they, they just, they don't want to give you the room to knock them out. You know, they, Utah State doesn't want to make the kind of big, you know, going for these big knockout blows, missing and opening themselves up for UConn to make a real run at this game. I think if Utah State had been more aggressive in the second half, there's a chance that this scoreline is, is, you know, wider. Absolutely. But I think there's also a chance that you throw an interception or you have a, uh, you know, you, you have a, a, a much more disastrous turnover and UConn turns one of those field goals into a touchdown or turns both of them into touchdowns. And suddenly this is a very different football game. Very, very different football game. And... I think that that's the kind of thing that they, I think that that's a conscious decision. I think Utah State would rather avoid situations like that, opening itself out, opening itself up for these big mistakes, these big potential counter punches from opponents that would come with trying to go for, you know, trying to go for the death blow, trying to go for the, the game ender. And that might be frustrating. It's, it's you know, I, I, I think that as a fan, you probably prefer that they go for the, you know, that, that last, the satisfying, like, okay, now it's over in the third quarter. Now it's over, right? I think people wanted to see the reserves in this game, and they didn't get the chance to. It's, it's understandable, but I just, I don't know that these guys are built to do that. I don't know that this is the team that you're going to see that from, and I think that's fine. I think it's fine. I, I think that the the expectations around this program, the expectations around this team specifically, probably need to shift not in win total expectations, not in in expecting you know conference title contention. That's fair. It's totally fair. That is, I, I think the expectation is conference title contention. You set the bar high. <laughs> you know, twenty twenty one season sets the bar really high. And that's that's the level you got to play at. When you do that, when you when you want to uh, you know brand yourself as a conference champion, and, and and Utah State has every right to. It is the conference champion. When you want to compete at that level, the expectation is that you do it. It's that you do it every year. It's that's what 
that's what being a championship contending program is. And that's all totally fair. But I, I do think that there maybe needs to be a slight shift in expectations on how that is going to happen. And I think that, that maybe the offseason offered a little bit too much space for... I'm trying to think of the right word. Rewriting what the 2020 season or the 2021 season was, what that team was, what 2021 Utah State was. Because expectations coming into this season for Utah State to blow UConn out, to win this game by 26 points, like the betmakers say, that's not what they did last year. That's not what that team was. The 11-3 and Utah State team that has, uh, you know, inspired all of this, this optimism, all of these expectations that, you know, set the, uh, the program forward as a, uh, as a, you know, perennial title contender, they didn't blow teams out. They had one blowout, maybe two. They were in close games. They were in close games all the time. They were in close games against bad teams. They were in close games against opponents they had no business being in close games with in either direction. They they played teams that were better than them close. They played teams that were worse than them close. And they won those games because they were more comfortable in those environments. They were more they were more comfortable in tight games, you know, late in the uh late in the game, late in the fourth quarter. Utah State it's it's theory of change, it's theory of winning is that it can control emotions better than their opponents and I think that's right I think it I think it can I think Logan Bonner is the exact kind of guy Hunter Reynolds is the exact kind of guy Byron Vaughn's the exact kind of guy MJ Tafisi these these guys they are perfectly built to to run that to do that to be the kind of calming forces on these teams on these defenses and on these offenses and to to give you the edge that you need close you know it when it's when it's uh close late in games i i think that that is utah state's advantage i don't think it has a talent advantage over at least a, a decent chunk of the mountain west it had a talent advantage here uh, obviously i think most teams have a talent advantage over yukon yukon has some guys at running back but other than that it's it's bleak um but I, I think that that is what makes this Utah State program under Blake Anderson good. I think it's what makes it hard to beat is that these guys are really calm and they're really, they're really, really good at handling pressure. They're good at, at stepping up when they are challenged. When they're down 14 nothing. they respond. They don't freak out. They don't panic. They just respond and they settle in and they make adjustments. It's a, it's a really good program of making adjustments in the game. And like I said, that's not always the ideal setup for watching. I think that if you're a fan, you probably prefer that your team blows your opponents out. Obviously, it's it's uh, it makes for an easier day of watching. But I, I think that there is a beauty in what Utah State does. I think there's a beauty in in just you know to to uh, extend the boxing analogy in fighting all twelve rounds and just being better just being more sound having a better plan and knowing in that 12th round like yeah it's still close this could still go either way but I know I'm gonna win it I know that I'm gonna I know that I'm gonna be the more technically sound fighter and I think that that's exactly what Utah State enters 
just about every game with. It is a it is a confidence not in its ability to to blow you off the field, but in its ability to take you into the fourth quarter, make it a dogfight, get to the fourth quarter, and then understand that in the fourth quarter their conditioning is better. Their conditioning is better, their their confidence, their preparation their their serenity in the face of pressure is going to be better and that ultimately that is going to be what decides the game and that's how you win when you're Utah State is getting it to the fourth quarter keeping it close into the fourth quarter winning it there that's what they did last year I think it's what they're going to do this year and they did a good job of that here they won it they won it in the fourth quarter they did exactly what they wanted to do and I I think that that is uh, I, I think that's something that is just, I think it's fine. I, I do. I think it's fine. I think that, that being worried about that in the long term is kind of misunderstanding what this program is. I, I think that this is just, I think this is their strength. I think this is what they do. And I, 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 I personally, I'm glad that I'm glad that not every college football team is the same. I'm glad that there are ones who want to win football games like this. I think it's interesting. I think it's an interesting approach. I think Blake Anderson would tell you that it's an approach that has worked pretty pretty well for him over his career. Um, he would certainly tell you it worked pretty well for him last year. I would agree with him. And I, I think that the the last the last note that I have on this, the last point that I have on the. Uh, you know, worries about an 11-point win over over UConn are that uh, I think that they've earned the trust at this point. I think that Utah State has earned a little bit of faith that this is this is fine. This is fine. This was maybe not the exact plan, but they knew it wasn't going to be as as significant a blowout as people were expecting, and they won. They won their way. They won the same way they would win last season. And that they can still do that with a new, you know, uh, wide receiver room, entirely new wide receiver room, save for Justin McGriff, uh, with a with a, a very new look defense, all this stuff, that they still did it, that they did it with a better game on the ground. They ran the ball, I thought, pretty well, especially in the second half. It's, I think, encouraging, you know? It, it can be... You can paint it in a way that is more frustrated, that is more concerned. You can absolutely do that. But I think that coming out of week zero with Alabama on the docket, that game's not going to be fun. It's not. It's not going to be fun. That's the number one team in the country for the re- for a reason. It is a, it's a different level. It just is. It's not going to be fun. But this is a win. It's a win in a season where you are looking for wins. You don't need style points. You're not competing for a playoff spot. It's not a thing that exists here. If you win the games, then you will win the Mountain West. That's it. That's out. It's that's the beauty of a conference title race is that it doesn't matter how you do it. It just matters that you win. And Utah State wins here. And that's that's what it wants. That's what the program is designed to do. It's designed to win football games regardless of how it does it it's going to be messy it's going to be it's going to be ugly it's going to win and i i think that uh i came out of this game still sold on that as the idea behind the program i was not swayed by this as like a uh oh well maybe they're going to struggle more in the mountain west if anything this says to me 
oh, they're going to do the exact same thing to the Mountain West that they did last year. <laughs> it's going to be the same. You know, there's there's going to be games against teams that are probably better. I think Air Force's roster is probably better than Utah State's. Is. There's, there's a lot of experience on that team. I think Boise State has a case for the same thing. I, I don't think Utah State's going to be blown out in either one of those games. I think it's probably going to be close going into the fourth quarter. And if it's close going into the fourth quarter, Utah State has a great chance of winning. It 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 has it has a very very good uh, ability to shift the odds when games are close to its own favor, with you know poise, with experience, with veteran leadership, with the kind of connection that Logan Bonner has with his coaches, with his receivers, with everything. He's a great great leader of the offense. I thought he had a tremendous game, especially down the stretch. Um, oh, sorry, got a little bit of microphone feedback. Um, but I, I I I come out of this game just feeling more solid in thinking that and thinking that that's the kind of thing that this team is wanting to do and, and is capable of doing, and so I I think that the the message here is just relax. I think they're okay. I I I really do. UConn I I don't think UConn's very good. I I did see some. After the game, reflection of UConn might be better than we thought. I I don't think that's I don't know that that's true. I I don't think UConn's very good. <laughs> I didn't come out of this thinking that UConn looked like a very good football team. I I think they were kind of poorly coached and um, didn't really have all that much going on. Um, I, I think that most of their uh, successful efforts offensively came from Utah State being overly aggressive uh, defensively. I think that, that Utah State came out really, really trying to fly to the football and make big plays in the backfield, and, and UConn did a good job of cutting against that. Nathan Carter specifically did a good job of cutting against that. Um, but I thought UConn's game plan was bad. I, I really wasn't all that impressed with anything that they were doing uh, offensively. I, I don't think that it was all that well designed and, and – uh, I, I don't think they got lucky because Nathan Carter made those plays, but he was the entire offense, and I don't think they had a plan beyond him, even if Taquan Roberson had not been hurt. I, I His injury, was it impacted the offense, but they weren't going to be able to pass anyway. It, that, that offensive line is not FBS level. It just isn't. Um, I, I don't think that the takeaway from this is, oh, UConn might be better than we thought. I don't think they are. I think UConn's pretty bad. Um, I, I'm... I mean, I don't think UConn's going to win a whole lot of football games this year. It doesn't really matter. But I, I don't think UConn is going to win a whole lot of football games this year. I, I I think it's more just Utah State's probably not built to blow teams out, and that's fine. It It's fine. It is what it is. Uh, win is a win, and Utah State wins this one. Um, other more uh, player-specific takeaways, I thought Logan Bonner had a great game, like I said. I, I think that he... I don't know how much more he can improve because he's like 28 years old at this point. <laughs> he's been in college football for 30 years, and so I don't know that he's going to get like significantly better, but I thought he looked good. I think he handled having the new receivers really well. He has an immediate connection with Brian Cobbs. I, I, I really cannot say it enough. Brian Cobbs, what a perfect fit for this offense. The way that he operates, the way that he plays, so cool, so calm, always, always open. Uh, seven receptions for 78 yards and a touchdown. Could have had quite a few more than that. 
um, had the game ceiling touchdown there at the end. I thought he was outstanding. Uh, I, I think I would guess that he will be the top target this season for receptions and yards. I don't think he's going to be the most spectacular. I don't think he's going to make a ton of big plays. He's he's not that kind of guy, but always, always open. Great, big-bodied, reliable target. Perfect fit for the offense. Absolutely perfect. What a uh, Already, I think we can say what a great pickup that is. Uh, just brilliant. Uh, match of uh, style and uh, you know style of player and style of offense I think it's perfect um, also at wide receiver I thought Kyle Van Leeuwen looked pretty good yeah that nice touchdown catch uh, would like to see him get a little bit more involved as a volume play but I, I thought he looked pretty good when he did t- when he did get the ball Justin McGriff had that great catch in the back of the end zone his hands still need some work I think he had a couple catches couple targets rather that probably should have been catches that weren't um but in general I thought he was pretty good uh Terrell Vaughn was nice to see would like to see more of him only had two receptions Calvin Tyler I thought looked pretty good on those uh they did a pair of like shovel passes to him and they also had one to Robert Briggs I thought were pretty cool I like to see that uh Josh Sturger would like to see him involved a little bit more um at receiver specifically, I was kind of surprised that we didn't see more Nana Davis and Xavier Williams. They both played, but uh, Nana had one reception for negative two yards. Xavier did not have any. Uh, they only played for a couple series at most. I, I don't know what was going on there, if it's just going to be a really shallow receiver rotation, but I'd like to see those two more. I think you can get all six involved pretty easily, uh, personally. I, I would I would like to see all six of them, I think. Um, I think Nana brings something different than the other guys in the slot do, and I think Xavier is uh, the kind of burner on the outside that you, I don't think I'm telling tales out of school here. You're not going to get in, in Brian Cobbs or Justin McGriff. He's, he's faster than those guys. And I think that that was kind of missing. Uh, from the passing attack, I would like to see a more vertical threat in the offense uh, from somebody like Xavier Williams. Terrell Vaughn had that that 30-yard reception that I thought was pretty nice, but I'd like to see a little bit more of a vertical threat because we know that Logan Bonner can make those throws, and I think that we will see more of that against the Alabamas of the world, against Air Force, against Boise State, against the uh, the better opponents on the schedule. You don't necessarily need to do it here. And so I think they just didn't. I think that was the the calculus is, well, we could win without doing it, so we're just not going to. You know, we're just not going to show show this vertical passing attack. And I think that that's fine. It, I, I get it. Um, rushing game, Calvin Tyler Jr. I thought looked pretty good. He settled into the game. He's, he was struggling early on, but he, he got, it, uh, got it going in the right direction near the end. Robert Briggs, how about that? How about Robert Briggs for a... Uh, for a freshman performance, him and uh, Waylon Lapuahu on the offensive line, I thought were both good. Uh, Robert Briggs obviously has stats associated. He's a little bit easier to talk about. 10 carries, 85 yards. Powerful, powerful guy uh, at only five foot six. Not a big guy, but he was running hard. Tough guy to bring get, bring down, bouncing off of tackles. He, I think he's going to be involved. I, I think he is going to be involved in the offense. Um Maybe as the full-time number two running back, which I'm, I'm, I did not see coming. But uh, credit to him, he looked awesome. He looked really, really good. Um, that's uh, that's a big time. He's he is he is quick and he's really, really tough to bring down. Really had a good time watching him play. Um, not a ton else on the offense. 
Defensively, I thought MJ Tafisi looked pretty good. He was all over the place. Uh, him and uh, AJ Vongpachan, I think, is a is a nice linebacker pairing. They're, I think they're going to settle in as the season goes on and get more comfortable with each other. Um, uh, Kaleo Neves is interesting to me. He he physically he he looks excellent. He's quick. He is strong. He looks like that combination of a safety and a linebacker. He is too aggressive at this point. I think he was one of those guys that was maybe a little bit too hyped up for this one. He was overshooting some tackles in the first half, but once he settled in, he had a good game. Um, Gervin Hall, I think, was sort of in the same boat. Hunter Reynolds, cool as a cucumber. Always, uh, he was was good. He was setting everything else up. Um, Ajani Carter was great, I think, uh, once he settled in. He mentioned in the post game he's got to get better at setting the edge. I would agree. Uh, it was his first game as a cornerback. I'm not going to hold him too much to account for it. I think that all things considered, he did well. And I think that his forced fumble uh, in the in the second quarter, right after that that turnover on downs, was the play of the game. I think that that was the 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 play that ultimately won the game for Utah State. I think if he doesn't do that do that. There's a very good chance UConn scores on that drive, and that we're talking about this game in a very, very different way. It was a, uh, it was a huge play. I think he acquainted himself pretty well out there, uh, even if he had some issues setting the edge. Elsewhere on the defense, Byron Vaughns and Daniel Greshik, I thought both looked really good. They both had three quarterback hurries. Um, Vaughns was the better of the two. He was the more disruptive of the two, but I think that they are a, uh, a nice pairing. Uh, also maybe a little bit too aggressive against the rushing attack. I'm going to write about this in the film review, but um, I don't really blame them for that. It seemed like it was a whole team issue. Patrick Joyner as well also looked good. He he was not quite as involved, but he looked good. Um, In general, I I was pretty pretty impressed with what I saw from the defense after the first quarter. Like I said, um, oh, of course, Ike Larson. Um, what What is there to say about Ike Larson that hasn't been said? Um, great to see a guy from Cache Valley making plays like that. He's a he's a Logan kid. Um, he, I, I don't want to, I don't want to overstate this. Um, but I I don't want to sell it short. He is going to be so good. <laughs> Ike Larson is going to be so so good. I was I I'm so impressed with this kid. He's he's freak athlete. Uh, that interception, that game-sealing interception was phenomenal. It was a phenomenal play. On the drive prior, he, uh, he had a quarterback hurry that ultimately forced a field goal on third down. He had a tackle for loss, had a pass breakup. He was tremendous. He didn't play a ton. I think that's going to change. I would honestly I would be surprised if he is not in the starting lineup by the end of the season because he looked so good out there. Every time we have seen him this fall, he has looked good. It is obvious that he has taken a a really, really major step this offseason, and I was so, so impressed with what I saw from him. Once again, uh, Ike Larson, I think, is one to watch moving forward. Max Alford also got in the game. True freshman, had a nice tackle on special teams. Played a little bit with the actual first-team defense as well. Good for him. A um, lot of freshmen involved in this game in general. I think the freshmen acquainted themselves well. Um, but I, 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 I think that's sort of where I come down on it. I think there were some impressive individual performances, and I think ultimately you're happy with the win if you're Utah State. You got the win, and that's what you wanted. It wasn't pretty. I don't think a lot of them are going to be pretty this year. I don't know that this is the program that is uh, that is going to go for pretty wins in general. 
And I think that's fine. I, I think this was, you know, it was never really in doubt, if I'm being honest. I think Utah State had it under control and, and knew when to turn it on when it when it needed to, and it did. It did it did enough to win the game and then some. You know, it, it's 11-point uh, cushions, pretty good. Ran the ball pretty well. I think there's a lot of stuff here that we should be encouraged by, you know, looking at it. I, I think there is stuff to be less encouraged by. The the passing attack probably needs to add a vertical wing to it. I think the rushing attack needs to get going a little bit sooner. Defense needs to rein it in before the end of the first quarter, probably. I don't know that you can have an entire first quarter where you just don't really know what's going on. And this is a unique situation because you didn't know what was going to go on, right? Nobody knew what UConn's offense was going to look like. Um, but I, I, I think that there are things from this to, to you know, to learn, which is great. It's what Week Zero is for. You, you can learn from it, and you can do so here in Utah State's case with a win on your on your record. You're 1-0. And you get to learn a bunch of stuff, and that's great. It's fantastic. You get to learn so much about the team in a game that you win. That's exactly what you want. And that's, uh, I, I think that's it. I think that's the takeaway from this is that Utah State knows exactly what it wants to work on, knows what it needs to work on, understands what it did well, understands what it maybe didn't do so well, and can emerge from this with those lessons unscathed. Did not take any damage here. Gets the victory. Moves forward, moves on to Alabama, where you're going to learn in a maybe a different way. <laughs> maybe a different, not-as-fun way. I, I don't imagine we're going to be talking about a victory at this time next week. Maybe I'm wrong. I would love to be wrong. I think it would make for quite a story. But I, I don't expect it, certainly. I don't think that people... I don't imagine that very many people are expecting it. Um probably probably a better decision not to expect that um but i i think that if uh, i think that if you're utah state i think that if you're a utah state fan you come out of this probably should be pretty happy not thrilled it was not perfect it's probably not going to be perfect this season in general maybe get back to the mountain west championship game you can bludgeon fresno state or san diego state like what happened last year i think that would be great if you're utah state i think you're very happy with that but it's 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 a work in progress it is it's going to be a work in progress for a while you know and for a work in progress to go out and and win games it's what you want it's it's that's the most that you want is to win the games i think and and Utah State wins this one, wins this one in an instructive way, I think, in a lot of places. Wins this one with great contributions from freshmen and, and, and redshirt freshmen, with great contributions from transfers into the program, like Brian Cobbs, like MJ Tafisi. Shows what it wanted to show. Didn't give too much away. I, I think that... I think it's a success. I think it's a successful week zero. Could have been better. Absolutely. Could have been better. But a win is a win, and this is a win that I think you can build a lot on. And this is a program that, above anything else, wants to continue to grow. It wants to always have space to improve, to add new things on, 
And when that's your MO, when that's your ideology, this kind of win right here is perfect. It is perfect. It's not going to be perfect to those without the program, but those within, this is perfect. This is exactly what you want. If you're, if you're Blake Anderson, if you're Efren Bonda, if you're Anthony Tucker, if you're any of these coaches, you can look at this and you have so much to work with. You have so many teaching points. You have so many things. You know, oh, well, we could do this better. You know, we could do this better. This is what we did well. All that stuff. This is a gold mine. It's a gold mine, and you didn't get hurt by it at all. And that's uh, it's how you draw it up. It's perfect. And I will talk to you all in the midweek with an Alabama preview. Uh, hopefully, <laughs> with an Alabama guest, they're a little bit trickier to find than you than UConn guests, which is very funny. Um, but apparently, uh, the uh, the Alabama beat writers have uh, have better things to do than come on this podcast. <laughs> so I'll see what I can do. It might just be me, but hopefully, we will be joined by an Alabama beat writer. Um, and uh, until then, uh, take care. I will talk to you all later in the week.